Welcome to the Early Night Show with Anwar Pramanik. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I welcome you to another episode of Anwar Pramanik's Early Night Show with the one and only Anwar Pramanik. <laughs> Sounds very cocky, but it's the one and only Anwar Pramanik. with the one and only on Vepermanic's early night show. Now because that's a fact, today I, tonight I decided to do something very different. Something that I wanted to use to benefit me and maybe hopefully benefit you as well. But before that, I'm going to pull in my chair so I'm more comfortable. Hope that noise didn't annoy you. And what I'm going to do today is going to be something I've never done before and I'm not sure if you have ever taken part in before. But before that I'll tell you the why. And again before that, before that before that. I hope you have a cup of something warm and delicious or a joint, something that you like. It's important that I keep my throat lubricated and you keep yourself company. Could be a beer also, I don't know. As long as you like it. I've got these um Norbulinka Tibetan agarbatti stick right next to me to set the mood. It really helps. It's a brilliant. It's completely handcrafted. My flatmate Sean got it from Dharmshala, I think. Yeah. I've always and now getting to why I've always been a voracious reader of books as a kid big time I've read every book I've laid my hand on but nowadays because I don't get the same kick from books anymore I barely read books barely 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 read books the last book I probably read was Mm. See, I don't even remember what was the last book I read. Yep, I don't remember. But what I want to do is I wanted to build a book reading habit. I wanted to use tonight's podcast to try and build a sort of um, the reason I. Yeah, to use tonight's podcast to start to try and sort of build my book reading habit, and I'm not sure if you figured it out right now till now, but I'm gonna do a book reading tonight. I'm gonna try and use the focus or the self awareness that I because I I find I zone out when I read books, so and I zone and I don't zone out when I'm doing this podcast. So I wanna try and use this podcast to zone into this book so that I can automatically be curious enough. to continue reading this book i've realized when i'm curious enough about a book i will not stop reading it and i want to build that curiosity and the book that i have tonight is dune by frank herbert there's a movie coming up for it soon starring timothy chalamet and a bunch of other amazing people with dennis villeneuve i think as a director anyways 
the whole context of this book i'm going to read the back page so that uh, you know what it's about set on the desert planet arrakis dune is the story i'm going to i'm going to say dune throughout this book dune because that's how i think it should be pronounced not dune dune well, let me see online how it should be pronounced <laughs> if you know what it is i want you to say it out loud um in sort of sort of a self how do i put it self actualization thing let's see dune oh sure it is dune let's see what emma says america says dune 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 i'm more comfortable with dune 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 <laughs> oh my god i've become so self conscious right now dune 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 frank herbert's dune dune i think i want to stick to dune set on the desert planet arrakis dune is the story of the boy paul atreides who would become known as muad deeb and of a great family's ambition to bring to fruitions fruition humankind's most ancient and unattainable dream a stunning blend of adventure and mysticism environmentalism and politics dune won the first nebula award shared the hugo award and formed the basis of what is okay these are just accolades <laughs> fuck these accolades Okay. Jumping right in. First we are going to get into the prologue. To the people whose labors go beyond ideas into the realm of real materials. To the dry land ec- ecologists wherever they may be in whatever time they work. This effort at prediction is dedicated in humility and admiration. I have no idea what that meant, but let's jump right in. <clears throat> Book 1. dune a beginning is the time for taking the most delicate care that the balances are correct this every sister of the bean gesserit knows this is a plural word bean gesserit so i'm guessing it's something to begin your study of the life of muadib then take care that you first place him in his time Born in the fifty-seventh year of the Padisha Emperor Shaddam the Fourth, and take the most special care that you locate Muad'Dib in his place, the planet Arrakis. Do not be deceived by the fact that he was born on Caladan and lived his first fifteen years there. Arrakis, the planet known as Dune, is forever his place. From Manual of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irolan. shit's getting real boys and girls i like it it's got a sense of uh, you know if you've read um, paulo coelho's the alchemist it's got a sense of that uh, that that sense of mysticism in it and i like that in the week before their departure to arrakis when all the final scurrying about had reached a nearly unbearable frenzy 
an old crone came to visit the mother of the boy Paul. It was a warm night at Castle Caledon, and the ancient pile of stone that had served the Atreides family as home for twenty-six generations bore that cool sweat feeling it acquired before a change in the weather. The old woman was let in by the side door, down the vaulted passage by Paul's room, and she was allowed a moment to peer in at, at him where he lay in his bed. By the half-light of a suspenser lamp, dimmed and hanging near the floor, the awakened boy could see a bulky female shape at his door, standing one step ahead of his mother. The old woman was a witch shadow, hair like matted spiderwebs, hooded round darkness of features, eyes like glittering jewels. Is he not small for his age, Jessica? The old woman asked. Her voice wheezed and twangled like an untuned ballast. Paul's mother answered in a soft contralto. The Atreides are known to start late getting their growth. Your reverence. So I've heard, so I've heard, wheezed the old woman. Yet he's already 15. Yes, your reverence. He's awake and listening to us, said the old woman. Sly little rascal, she chuckled. But royalty has need of slyness, and if he's really the Quissad's hadrach, well. Within the shadows of his bed, Paul held his eyes open to mere slits. Two bird-bright ovals, the eyes of the old woman, seemed to expand and glow as they stared into his. Sleep well, you sly little rascal, said the old woman. Tomorrow you'll need all your faculties to meet my gom jabbar. And she was gone pushing his mother out, closing the door with a solid thump. Paul lay awake wondering, what's a gom jabbar? In all the upset during this time of change, the old woman was the strangest thing he had seen. Your reverence. And the way she called his mother Jessica like a common serving wench instead of what she was. A Ben Gesserit lady, a duke's concubine, concubine and mother of the ducal heir. Ducal heir. Is a Gom Jabbar something of Arrakis? I must know before we go there, he wondered. He mouthed her strange words. Gom Jabbar. Kwisatz Hadarak. There had been so many things to learn. Arrakis would be a place so different from Caladan that Paul's mind whirled with the new knowledge. Arrakis, Dune, Desert Planet. Tufir Havath, his father's master of assassins, had explained it. Their mortal enemies, the Harkonnens, had been on Arrakis 80 years, holding the planet in Quasifif under a CHOAM, Choam Company contract, to mine the geriatric spice Melange. Now the Harkonnens were leaving to be replaced by the house of Atreides in Fief complete an apparent victory for the Duke Leto. Yet, Havat had said, this appearance contained the deadliest peril, for the Duke Leto was popular among the great houses of the land Srad. A popular man arouses the jealousy of the powerful, Havat had said. Arrakis, Dune, 
desert planet. Paul fell asleep to dream of an Arakeen cavern, silent people all around him moving in the dim light of glow globes. It was solemn there and like a cathedral as he listened to a faint sound, the trip, trip, trip of water. Even while he remained in the dream, Paul knew he would remember it upon wake awakening. He always remembered the dreams that were predictions. The dream faded. Paul awoke to feel himself in the warmth of his bed, thinking, thinking. This world of Castle Caledon, without play or companions by his own age, perhaps did not deserve sadness and farewell. Yet UA, his teacher, had hinted that the Frofrelucius class system was not rigidly guarded on Arrakis. The planet sheltered people who lived at the desert age, desert edge, without Cade or Bashar to command them. Below the sand people called Fremen, marked down on no census of the Imperial Regate. Arrakis, Dune, desert planet. Paul sensed his own tensions, decided to practice one of the mind-body lessons his mother had taught him. Three quick breaths triggered the responses. He fell into a floating awareness, focusing the consciousness, aortal dilation, avoiding the unfocused mechanism of consciousness, to be conscious by choice, blood-enriched and swift-flooding the overloaded overload regions. One does not obtain food safety freedom by instinct alone. Animal consciousness does not, does not extend beyond the given moment, moment, nor into the idea that its victims may become extinct. The animal destroys and does not produce. Animal pleasures remain close to sensation levels and avoid the perpetual. The human requires a background grid through which to see his universe. Focused consciousness by choice, this forms your grid. Bodily integrity follows nerve, blow, nerve blood flow according to the deepest awareness of cell needs. All things, cells, beings are impermanent. Strive for flow permanence within. To be honest, I personally did not understand any of that. <laughs> but sounds like something that quite similar to like an LSD trip or, you know, like flow state. Let's continue. Over and over and over within Paul's floating awareness, the lesson rolled. When dawn touched Paul's window sill with yellow light, he sensed it through closed eyelids, opened them. Hearing then the renewed bustle and hurry in the castle, seeing the familiar patterned beams of his bedroom ceiling. The hall door opened and his mother peered in, hair like shaded bronze held with black ribbon at the crown. Her oval face emotionless and green eyes staring solemnly. You're awake, she said. Did you sleep well? Yes. He studied the tallness of her. Excuse me. Saw the hint of tension in her shoulders as she chose clothing for him from the closet racks. Another might have missed the tension, but she had trained him in the Ben Gesserit way, in the minutiae of observation. She turned, holding a semi-formal jacket for him. It carried the red Atreides hawk crest above the breast pocket. Hurry and dress, she said. Reverend Mother is waiting. I dreamed of her once, Paul said. Who is she? 
She was my teacher at the Ben Gesserit School. Now she is the Emperor's truthsayer. And Paul, she hesitated. You must tell her about your dreams. I will. Is she the reason we got Arrakis? We did not get Arrakis. Jessica flicked dust from a pair of trousers, hung them with the jacket on the dressing stand behind his bed. Dressing stand behind his bed. Don't keep Reverend Mother waiting. Paul sat up, hugged his knees. What's a gom jabbar? Again, the training she had given him exposed her almost invisible hesitation, a nervous betrayal he felt as fear. Jessica, Jessica crossed to the window, flung wide the draperies, stared across the river orchards towards Mount, Mount Sayubi. You learn about the Gom Jabbar soon enough, she said. He heard the fear in her voice and wondered at it. Jessica spoke without turning. Reverend Mother is waiting in my morning room. Please hurry. The Reverend Mother, Gaius Helen Mohayam, sat in a tapestried chair waiting mother and son approach, watching mother and son approach. Windows on each side of her overlooked the curving southern bend of the river and the green farmlands of the Atreides family holding. But the Reverend Mother ignored the view. She was feeling her age this morning, more than a little petulant. She blamed it on space travel and association with that abominable spacing guild and its secretive ways. But here was a mission that required personal attention from a Ben Gesserit with the sight. Even the Padisha's, Padisha Emperor's truthsayer couldn't evade that responsibility when the duty call came. Damn that Jessica, the Reverend Mother thought. If only she'd bought us a girl as she was ordered to do. If only she'd borne us a girl as she was ordered to do. Jessica stopped three, three paces from the chair, dropped a small curtsy, a gentle flick of her left hand along the line of her skirt. Paul gave a short bow his dancing master had taught, the one used when in doubt of another station. The, the nuances of Paul's greeting were not lost on the Reverend Mother, she said. He's a cautious one, Jessica. Jessica's hand went to Paul's shoulder, tightened there. For a heartbeat, fear pulsed through her palm. Then she had herself under control. Thus he has been taught your reverence. What does she fear? What does she fear? Paul wondered. The old woman studied Paul in one gestalt and flicker. Face oval like Jessica's with strong bones. Hair. The Duke's black black but with broline of the maternal grandfather who cannot be named. And that thin disdainful nose, shape of directly staring green eyes like the old duke, the paternal grandfather who was dead. Now there was a man who appreciated the power of bravura, even in death, the reverend mother thought. Teaching is one thing, she said. The basic, the basic ingredient is another. We shall see. The old eyes darted a hard glance at Jessica. Leave us. I enjoin you to practice the meditation of peace. Jessica took her hand. Jessica took her hand. Ah, apologies for that, guys. The 
the normal linka agarbati needs a little adjustment yeah leave us i enjoin you to practice the meditation of peace your reverence i jessica took her hand from paul's shoulder jessica you know how it you know it must be done paul looked up at his mother puzzled jessica straightened yes of course paul looked back at the reverend mother politeness and his mother's obvious awe of this old woman argued caution yet he felt an angry apprehension at the fear he sensed radiating from his mother paul jessica took a deep breath this test you're about to receive it's important to me test he looked up at her remember that you're a duke's son jessica said she whirled and strode from the room in a dry swishing of skirt the door closed solidly behind her paul faced the old woman holding anger in check does one dismiss the lady jessica as though she were a serving wench a smile flicked the corners of the wrinkled old woman of the wrinkled old woman the la- the lady jessica was my serving wench lad for 14 years at school she nodded and a good one too now you come here the command whipped out at him paul found himself obeying before he could think about it using the voice on me he thought He stopped at her gesture, standing beside her knees. Just before this, you know, just before I started this podcast, now I'm coming out of the book. I was telling myself my most powerful super, my my super hero power is my voice, my powerful voice with which I can do crazy things. Nice. <laughs> Here I'm hearing the voice, using the voice on me. Great, amazing. He stopped at her gesture, standing beside her knees. See this she asked from the folds of her gown she lifted a green metal cube about 15 meters on a 15 centimeters on a side she turned it and paul saw that one side was open black and oddly frightening no light penetrated that open blackness put your right hand in the box she said fear shot through paul he started to back away but the old woman said is this how you obey your mother He looked up into bird bright eyes slowly feeling the compulsions and unable to inhibit them Paul put his hand into the box He felt first a sense of cold as the blackness cold around his hand then slick metal against his fingers and a prickling as though his hand were asleep A predatory look filled the old woman's features She lifted her right hand from the box and poised the hand close to the side of Paul's neck. He saw a glint of metal there and started to turn towards it. "Stop!" she snapped. Using the voice again, he swung his attention back to her face. "I hold at your neck the Gom Jabbar," she said. "The Gom Jabbar, the high-handed enemy. It's a needle with a drop of poison on its tip. Ah ah, don't pull away or you'll feel that poison." Paul tried to swallow in a dry throat. He could not take his attention from the seamed old face, the glistening eyes, the pale gums around the silvery metal teeth that flashed as he as she spoke. A duke's son must know about poisons, she said. 
It's the way of our times, eh? Musky to be poisoned in your drink, aumas to be poisoned in your food, the quick ones and the slow ones and the ones in between. Here's a new one for you. The gom jabbar. It kills only animals. <clears throat> I'm going to take a sip here. Shit's getting real, you know. I mean, this story is not your usual science fiction portals, aliens, demons, invasions. It's getting really fucking crazy. And I like it. So let's go on. We're going to read till page 20. We are currently on page 11. Nine more pages to go, guys. Let's do this. You see how difficult it is for me to read a book. 11 pages in, I'm already like sweating because I'm not able to keep my concentration. Oof. Yeah, let's do it. Here's a new one for you. The Gom Jabbar kills only animals. Excuse me. Pride overcame Paul's fear. You dare suggest a duke's son is an animal? He demanded. Let us say I suggest you may be human, she said. Steady, I warn you not to try jerking away. I am old, but my hand can drive this needle into your neck before you escape me. Who are you? He whispered. How did you trick my mother into leaving me alone with you? Are you from the Harkonnens? The Harkonnens? Bless us, no. Now be silent. A dry finger touched his neck and he stilled the involuntary urge to leap away. Good, she said. You passed the first test. Now here's the way you... Here's the way of the rest of it. If you withdraw your hand from the box, you die. This is the only rule. Keep your hand in the box and live. Withdraw it and die. Paul took a deep breath and still to still trembling. Paul took a deep breath to still his trembling. If I call out there, be servants on you in seconds and you'll die. Servants will not pass your mother who stands guard outside that door. Depend on it. Your mother survived this test. Now it's your turn. Be honored. We seldom administer them. Administer this to men children. Curiosity reduced Paul's fear to a manageable level. He heard truth in the old woman's voice, no denying it. If his mother stood guard out here or there, if this were truly a test and whatever it was, he knew himself caught in it, trapped by that hand in his neck, the Qom Jabbar. He recalled the response from the litany against fear as his mother had taught him, out of the Ben Gesserit rite. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. He felt calmness return said, get on with it, old woman. Old woman, she snapped. You've courage, and that can't be denied. Well, we shall, we shall see, Sirrah. She bent close, lowered her voice almost to a whisper. You will feel pain in this hand within the box. Pain. But withdraw the hand, and I'll touch your neck with my gom jabbar. The death so swift, it'll fall. The, it'll, it's like the fall of the headsman axe. Withdraw your hand, and the gom jabbar takes you. Understand? 
What's in the box? Pain. He felt increased tingling in his hand, pressed his lips tightly together. How could this be a test? He wondered. The tingling became an itch. The old woman said, You've heard of animals chewing off a leg to escape a trap? There is an animal kind of a trick. A human would remain in the trap, endure the pain, feigning death that he might kill the trapper and remove a threat, remove a threat to his kind. The itch became the faintest burning. Why are you doing this? he demanded. To determine if you are human. Be silent. Paul clenched in his left hand into a fist as the burning sensation increased in the other hand. It mounted slowly, heat upon heat upon heat upon heat. He felt the fingernails of his free hand biting the palm. He tried to flex the burning the fingers of his burning hand but couldn't move them. It burns, he whispered. Silence. Pain throbbed up his arm. Sweat stood out on his forehead. Every fiber crowded out to withdraw the hand from that burning pit but the gomjabar without turning his head he tried to move his eyes to see that terrible needle poised beside his neck he sensed that he was breathing in gasps tried to slow his breaths and couldn't pain his world emptied of everything except that hand immersed in agony the ancient face inches away staring at him his lips were so dry that he had difficulty separating them burning the burning he thought he could feel the skin curling black on that agonized hand the flesh crisping and dropping away until only shard bones remained it stopped as though a switch had been turned off the pain stopped paul felt his right arm trembling felt sweat bathing his body enough the old woman muttered kul wuhad No woman child ever withstood that much. I must have wanted you to fail. She leaned back, withdrawing the gomja bar from the side of his neck. Take your hand from the box, young human, and look at it. He fought down an aching shiver, stared at the lightless void from where his hand seemed to remain of its own volition. Memory of pain inhibited every movement. Reason told him he would withdraw a blackened stump from that box. Do it, she snapped. He jerked his hand from the box, stared at it astonished. Not a pain, not a mark, no sign of agony in the flesh. He held up the hand, turned it, flexed the fingers. Pain by nerve induction, she said. Can't go around maiming potential humans. There are those who'd give a pre- who'd give a pretty for the secrets of this box though she slipped it into the folds of her gown but the pain he said pain she sniffed a human can override any nerve in the body paul felt his left hand aching uncurled the clenched fingers looked at four bloody marks where fingernails had bitten his palm he dropped the hand to his side looked at the old woman you did that to my another once you ever sift thra- sand through a screen she asked The tangential lash of her question shocked his mind into a higher awareness. Sand through a screen, he nodded. We Ben Gesser it sift people to find the humans. Wow, that's a fucking brilliant line, dude. 
we sift people to find the humans damn he lifted his right hand willing the memory of the pain and the toll there is to it pain i observed you in pain lad pains merely the axis of the test your mother's told you about our ways of observing i see the signs of her teaching in you our test is crisis and observation he heard the confirmation in her voice said it's truth she stared at him he senses truth could he be the one could he truly be the one she extinguished the excitement reminding herself hope clouds observation it's truth you know when people believe what they say she said i know it the harmonics of ability confirmed by repeated test were in his voice she heard them said perhaps you are the quissats had a rack sit down little brother here at my feet i prefer to stand i your mother sat at my feet once i'm not my mother you hate us a little eh she looked down she looked toward the door called out Jessica The door flew open and Jessica stood there staring hard-eyed into the room. Hardness melted from her as she saw Paul. She managed a faint smile. Jessica, have you ever stopped hating me? The old woman asked. I both love you and hate you, Jessica said. The hate that's from pains I must never forget. The love that's just the basic fact, the old woman said, but her voice was gentle. You may come in now but remain silent close that door and mind it that no one interrupts us Jessica stepped into the room closed the door and stood with her back to it My son lives she thought My son lives and is human I knew he was but he lives Now I can't go on living The door felt hard and real against her back Everything in the room was immediate and pressing against her senses. My son lives. Paul looked at his mother. She told the truth. He wanted to get away alone and think this experience through, but he knew he could not leave until he was dismissed. The old woman had gained a power over him. <clears throat> they spoke truth. His mother had undergone this test. there must be terrible purpose in it the pain and fear had been terrible he understood terrible purposes they drove against all odds they were their own necessity paul felt that he had been infected with terrible purpose he did not know yet what the terrible purpose was some day lad the old woman said you too may have to stand outside the door like that it takes a measure of doing paul looked down at the hand that had known pain then spoke up to the reverend mother The sound of her voice had contained a difference then from any other voice in his experience. The words were outlined in brilliance. There was an edge to them. He felt that any question he might ask her would bring an answer that could lift him out of his flesh world into something greater. Why do you test for humans he asked to set you free? Free? Once men turned their thinking over to machines in the hope that this would set them free, but that only permitted other men with machines to enslave them. Thou shalt not make a machine in the likeness of a mall of a man's mind Paul quoted Right out of the Butlerian jihad and the orange catholic bible she said But what the OC bible should have said is 
thou shalt not make a machine to counterfeit a human mind have you studied the mentat in your service i've studied with to firhawat the great revolt took away a crutch she said it forced human minds to develop schools were started to train human talents ben gesserit schools she nodded we have two chief survivors of those ancient schools the ben gesserit and the spacing guild the guild so we think emphasizes almost pure mathematics ben gesserit performs another function politics he said kulwahad the old woman said she sent a hard glance at jessica i have not told him your reverence jessica said the reverend mother returned her attention to paul you did that on remarkably few clues she said politics indeed the original ben gesserit ben gesserit school was directed at those who saw the need of a thread of continuity in human affairs they saw there could be no such continuity without separating human stock from animal stock for breeding purposes the old woman's word abruptly lost their special sharpness for paul he felt an offense against what his mother called his instinct for rightness it wasn't that reverend mother lied to him she obviously believed what she said it was something deeper something tied to his terrible purpose he said but my mother tells me many ben gesserit of the schools don't know their ancestry the genetic lines are always in our records she said your mother knows that either she is of ben gesserit descent or her stock was acceptable in itself then why couldn't she know who her parents are some do many don't we might for example have wanted to breed her to a close relative to set up a dominance in some generic genetic trait we have any reason again paul felt the offense against rightness he said you take a lot on yourselves the reverend mother stared at him wondering did i hear criticism in his voice we carry heavy burden she said paul felt himself coming more and more out of the shock of the test he leveled a measuring gaze at her and said you say maybe i'm the quisats hadarak what's that a human gob jabar paul jessica said you mustn't take that tone with i'll handle this jessica the old woman said now lad do you know about the truth seer drug you you take it to improve your ability to detect falsehood he said my mother told me have you ever seen the truth trance he shook his head no the drugs dangerous she said but it gives insight when a truth seer is gifted by the drug she can look many places in her memory in her body's memory we look down so many avenues of the past but only feminine avenues her voice took on a note of sadness yet there's a place where no truth seer can see we are repelled by it terrorized it is said a man will come one day and find in the gift of the drug his inward eye he will look where we cannot into both feminine and masculine pasts your quisats hadarak yes the one who can be many places at once the quisats hadarak many men have tried the drug so many but none have succeeded they tried and failed all of them oh no she shook her head they tried and died shit's getting legitimate yo masculinity femininity it's 20 pages done chapter 1 i think over 
fantastic i loved it so much context built in in a chapter without with only three characters and one room oof my mind is blown it's oof it's crazy it was a brilliant 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 piece of writing i think i'm definitely going to continue this it's got a sense of uh, prophetic justice to it and i like that if you've stayed with me so far thank you i hope you had fun uh i hope this was a new something new for you as it was for me well that's it i'm going to call it a night yeah thank you for joining me i hope you're done with your drink or the joint or whatever you have in your hand i'm going to crash now i hope you had a great day and i hope this was a great way to close it thanks for joining me as we end episode 23 of season 1 and come ever so close to season 2 look forward to it we're going to be going live with season 2 soon with a lot more conversations with people other people live on my podcast i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to you looking forward to it until then so thank you and a good night from me and a goodbye toodles